1: Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me slash growth. That's hbs.me slash growth.
0: So this is a sad night. Normally, we'd come in here with the cheery "Hello, welcome to the Locked On Celtics podcast spiel" with the rain and Jays, but you've heard that all before. This is this is a night for mourning, ladies and gentlemen. This is might be the night we found out Kevin Garnett plans to retire. Mark Stein first reported that Kevin Garnett and the Minnesota Timberwolves are talking about a, a buyout. And he later reported that the Timberwolves are under the belief that Kevin Garnett wants to retire. So Sam, Sam Packard, I'm Jay King. This is a sad day, Sam. Sad, is it sad day?
1: Is it really? I hate to be like the the the, the, the poop on the parade, I guess, and that's a mixed metaphor, but. Kevin Garnett didn't, didn't play like for the last 40 games of last year.
0: This shouldn't become as a surprise. But it's just like the thought of having Kevin Garnett in the NBA and the thought of even last year, some of my favorite vines from all of last year were the ones with Carl Towns scoring a bucket and the, the camera panning to Kevin Garnett on the sideline just going Bonkers like the Timberwolves, who won like 20 games or whatever they won, like they had won the NBA Finals, like he was going to win a title all over again. It was some of the most outrageous and unbelievable and most Kevin Garnett moments because that guy didn't know how to turn it off. The only time he ever turned off his intensity was when Gino came came through in the TD Garden. That's it. That's the only time he ever let his intensity down. He is the most, one of the most unique characters in NBA history. He is one of the hardest working, most energetic players in NBA history. And one of the craziest mother effers to ever live. Like that guy is out of his effing mind. Absolutely a sociopath. Just an
1: absolutely insane person in the past half hours I've been watching old interviews with him and it seems like it would be terrifying just to ask him a question
0: it was it was like he blacked out every time he was he was in a press conference like like he, it just happened and like the bar fight stuff that was Unbelievable! <laughs> I just watched that with Craig Sager. In the he just before
1: Sager can even ask him the question, he just starts yelling "bar fight, bar fight," <laughs> goes on a rant, and then about thirty seconds in, goes, "Oh, I'm sorry, you were conducting an interview. I forgot."
0: Okay, what was the the greatest KG moment of all? There there were a lot of unbelievable KG moments.
1: In terms of basketball, or is this craziness in, in
0: ter- straight entertainment? Um. Anything is possible has to be up there, because that was
1: just insane, and I understand the overwhelming emotions, but that was just great. Uh, the time he made Big Baby Cry was one of my to- oh, personal
0: yeah. favorites. I almost forgot about that one.
1: There's so many moments that like didn't happen, or we didn't get to see, but we've like heard about later, like uh, moments in practice. I was just reading a G- the Jackie McMullen piece on him uh, that was in ESPN the magazine last year. Apparently... Flip Saunders was trying to run, like, drills and just teach them about the offense. And he kept on denying the basketball for, like, an hour straight so they just, like, wouldn't let practice happen because he was so intense on defensive (laughs) walkthroughs.
0: My favorite of all time, maybe the most entertaining, was when he flipped off. I think it was a ref he flipped off. And this was during his Timberwolves days, probably, like, early 2000s. ESPN showed it and decided to pixelate his middle finger I'm telling you this was the longest middle (laughs) finger the world has ever seen my my brothers and I laughed about the size of his middle finger for like 10 minutes and man I'll never forget that middle finger the the other one that comes to mind and, and there were a lot of these but him like crawling on all fours on the court and no no other human crawls on all fours on a basketball court except for Kevin Garnett and my favorite KG moment of all might have been this this year in Minnesota when Avery Bradley told me before the game I want to get a jersey signed by Kevin Garnett. I don't know if he'll do it. I'm trying to track him down. I really want this jersey to to go in my room. And so I saw Avery after the game and I asked him, "Did you get it?" <laughs> and he showed it to me, man. And I wish I wish I could share with all of you, what the the signature said. It was the most outrageous signature you could ever imagine. And before showing it to me, Avery Bradley said, I, I wouldn't show this to you, but one, you got to promise you don't write about this because no one can see this. <laughs> and two, I know you know what Kevin Garnett's like, so you're not going to be too shocked by what it says. I was still pretty shocked, man. Kevin Garnett, is a vulgar vulgar dude and his signature to avery bradley on a jersey that avery bradley decided to hang in his house and was always planning to hang in his house was unbelievable how
1: many swear words can you fit on a
0: basketball jersey it was a three-word note just a (laughs) three-word note and it was it was awesome man kevin garnett is spectacular to the listeners
1: out there, I want to—I want them to use the hashtag Jays for their best guess of what that three-word note was.
0: Yes, by all means, hashtag Jays, No G. That. Oh man, and, and and just the joy that Avery Bradley had to get that signature. Like he he came into the NBA. He was nineteen at the time. He was afraid in his first practice and playing against Kevin Garnett. Like Avery Bradley's three years, four years younger than I am. And I grew up like, Kevin Garnett was one of my favorite players. He, he was always, he just played the game the right way. If you could coach one player, you might have wanted it to be Kevin Garnett. So I, I can only imme- I, like, I, I went in, into the locker room and saw Kevin Garnett, and I was like, oh, man, that's KG. That's the guy I've been watching on TV the whole time. And meanwhile, Avery Bradley is playing with the guy. I can only imagine what that was like. Unbelievable, but but just the joy on Bradley's face to to have that signature. What, what else?
1: Wasn't an interesting part of that story too? Is that he refused to give Jeff Green like the same jersey request? Like Kevin Garnett, you have he has to think of you as a special player if he's going to write um, some obscenities on your on your frame jersey. Yeah,
0: yeah, you you have to really make a, a good impression on Kevin Garnett for him to to write some vulgar words on a jersey for you. Uh, What what are the other? I mean, there's so many great stories. The one I think Mark Murphy from the Boston Herald wrote about it. It was just like stuck into Murphy's practice notes. And after practice, Kevin Garnett dunked repeatedly on Patrick O'Brien, like screaming in his face, dunking on it, grabbing the ball back, and dunking on him again. And Patrick O'Brien was never heard from again. He was traded. They had
1: to trade Patrick O'Brien because KG broke him. And according to the Jackie Max story, it was because, like, one day they were working out and KG's just started yelling at him and yelling at him. And then Patrick O'Brien didn't respond, you know, because, like, some people aren't like that. And that just pissed KG off more. So he just went after him in practice until he broke him as a human being. That's the type of person KG was. He was not going to rest until he had ended you.
0: He would break you as a human being. Man. And everyone has a Kevin Garnett story. It's like. Everybody, I can remember Keon Duelling telling me that he wouldn't tell me a- anything Kevin Garnett used to say to LeBron James, except to say you could never repeat the things that Kevin Garnett said to LeBron James. Nobody would ever want to repeat those things. <laughs> oh man, Kevin Garnett. There, there are not people like him. Never mind basketball players. There are not people like Kevin Garnett with that much energy, that much enthusiasm for what they do. And that guy I mean, he was just the most intense person of all time, I would say. There there was a cool thing he did when he was in interviews. And he would have he would have his eyes pointing downward a lot, kind of at the floor and he wouldn't look at you, but he would it would be like, like he's one of those guys who really has this aura about him. Like when he comes into a room, it's everybody else seems like a peasant. It doesn't matter who else is in the room. When Kevin Garnett walks in, everybody's like, "Oh, there's Kevin Garnett." And so he would look down, mostly during his interviews, but he had this thing where when he wanted to say something really important, he would lift his eyes, and it was like, like just him like it was a he had power like it was like his eyes were powerful and like just that gaze up you knew he was going to say something that he thought was really important and sometimes it wasn't really important normally (laughs) it was but you could tell he really like like there was so much thought behind these words he was about to say when he looked up at you and so kevin garnett man what what else is there to say what what was, What what was your favorite kevin garnett basketball moment
1: I don't know. See, that was tough for me. I'm trying to remember like specific games he had as a Celtics. I'm a little bit younger than you. So KG came right when I was a senior in high school and then I went to college and my memories of the Boston Celtics during my days in college are a bit hazy. So I don't have a specific, (laughs) specific basketball memory. I just remember him. It's just general dominance and high effort. And I'm just looking over his basketball reference page now and it's astounding just this consistent stats he put up from what 1998 to basically 2013. He was scoring for a stretch. There was over 20 points and over 12 rebounds a game. He was amazing. Like he was just an amazing basketball player. He, uh, aside from being just like an insane sociopath.
0: Yeah, and I-, I will go to my grave thinking that Kevin Garnett does not get the credit he deserves. That dude. When he got to the Celtics, people actually questioned whether he was a winner, whether Kevin Garnett was a winner. And they did that because he played with, like, Lauren Woods. He played with Rasha Nastarevic, who was actually not half bad for a little while. But he played with, like, like the worst players the world has ever seen. And there were times
1: was- when Wally Zerbiak was his next best teammate.
0: They were Most of the time. <laughs> I mean, there was that one year they had, like, Latrell, Sprewell, and Troy Hudson. And they waited until they— uh, Sam Cassell. And, like, those guys are okay. And they went to the Western Conference Finals. And KG just—I mean, he was unbelievable. There was a span of time when he averaged about 23 points and 13 rebounds per game for four straight years with five assists— and he was the best defensive player in the league. Nobody will ever, he should get so much credit, but because the Timberwolves botched every roster he was ever on, he will never get enough credit. Like, he, he should be thought of as Duncan is. He should be thought of as Kobe is. And I don't think he gets quite that level of credit.
1: Speaking of those two players, that's going to be a uh, a fascinating hall of fame class if this is true that he is retiring was those three players going in together and talk about the comparison between personalities between a tim duncan and a kevin garnett two polar opposites
0: i, I love that like like kevin garnett was just this out of control ball of fire just everything he just lit everything on fire and sometimes it was good sometimes it was bad sometimes it was just crazy and Tim Duncan was completely opposite, but they were kind of like very similar in a lot of different ways. They, they were unbelievably teammates. They were the most consistent guys from an effort standpoint, from a play standpoint. And they didn't give a damn about anything except winning. Actually, I, I take back everything I ever said. This, this was my favorite Kevin Garnett moment. This was the interview with John Thompson. Do you remember the interview with John Thompson?
1: I do not. Enlighten me.
0: So, this was the year the Timberwolves got really bad when he was on them. And must've been one of his last years in Minnesota, probably 2006-2007. They were really bad. And and I want to say th- they went they went 30 and 52. 32 and 50 rather. And this was the middle of the year, I think. And he was talking to John Thompson about the season, and he broke down crying. He said, this isn't me, John. And then he, he apologized, but he couldn't even get through this interview without crying. It was the most, like a guy that dedicated to winning, that he will talk to John Thompson in an interview for TNT. Like, guys do these interviews all the time. Just throwaway interview that, that most guys are like, ah, oh, it's another 15 minutes of my time. And he breaks down weeping because he doesn't want to lose basketball games. And he said that that's not who he is. Kevin Garnett, folks. That that was kind of when I I decided Kevin Garnett was my, I would say at at that point of my life, he was probably my favorite basketball player. Even before he
1: came to the Celtics?
0: Yeah, yeah, because I watched that interview and I, I thought I'd always loved the way he played. I'd always loved the way he competed. I'd I'd kind of loved that he was a lunatic, but sometimes that rubbed me the wrong way. But when you saw I mean that interview, everyone, take take a second, take take ten minutes, fifteen minutes, whatever it is, search for the Kevin Garnett John Thompson interview. It is one of the most impressive displays of a guy who just Wanted to win basketball games and didn't care about much else. That was all he really wanted to do was was get the Timberwolves into the playoffs and get them deep, deep into the playoffs. So Kevin Garnett, that was, that was the moment for me when Kevin Garnett switched from like one guy, a guy I really respected to a guy that I kind of put on a pedestal and I, I thought this guy is, is my favorite player. This guy is one of a kind. There is nobody like that guy.
1: So for someone this passionate about basketball who's clearly going to break down crying because he's on a losing team, what do you think he does after retirement? This is kind of my why I'm not so sad is basically I don't really think we're going to see Kevin Garnett leave. I think he may just join uh, the Timberwolves coaching staff or another coaching staff. Now initially I thought it was automatically going to be the Timberwolves because that's kind of why he came back. He came back for Flip Saunders. And there's, like, a deal in place, um for him to become an owner. But then I was just looking at um, Zach Harper's uh, Twitter. He's at Talk Hoops. He's, um covers the uh, Timberwolves, I guess. And he was saying that since the, I guess, owner sold the Timberwolves, that, that KG is no longer, like, uh, in good standing or no longer has a great relationship with the Timberwolves. So I don't know if he's guaranteed to go, like, become their coaching, but I just can't see him walking away from basketball or taking time off. What's, what's a guy going to – what's he going to do?
0: Yeah, what – so here's the thing. I always thought Kevin Garnett would just walk away quietly and just never be seen again. Like, he would go to his, his beach house in Malibu and enjoy the scenery, and that would be it. We, poof, vamoosh, he is gone. Not coming back. He doesn't really like the spotlight. Until his Instagram page, which is awesome, by the way. Everyone should follow Kevin Garnett on Instagram. Until his Instagram page, he never gave the public a second thought during the offseason. It was like he was gone. Nobody heard from him. And he'd just be back like the first day of training camp. He wasn't going out doing interviews like a lot of other guys. He wasn't doing any of that. So I kind of thought he would be out of the public eye, but he changed my mind this last year with the Timberwolves, the way he mentored Carl Towns and the way he seemed to absolutely love it. And obviously he didn't play like the last second half of the year, but he's still from this, from the sound of it, he was still going through like hard workouts in practice and stuff like that, but he didn't play at all. And he was just on the bench, just giving Carl Towns input, just going wild with him. And so I, I wouldn't be surprised if he would become a coach, just because of the mentality he showed this past year? Before that, I would have thought, no way. That guy is too wired up to become a, a basketball coach. <laughs> he needs to just go lay on the beach and just chill out, man. He has, he has 20 years of going nuts to, to chill out from. Like, just unwind for a while.
1: I don't, I don't think he can unwind. Do you, I think if you told him to go lie on a beach, he would immediately start doing like beach workouts. There's so much like passion. He has to funnel it into something. But so that's the thing about KG as a coach is like you really have to – so say you bring KG on your bench, you really have to pick your spots with like which players you have him work with because sure it will work out great with Carl Towns, who's also kind of crazy and talks to himself a bunch. But say he just like can like, will break a young player. You have, you know, like KG is a real – a secret weapon that has to be used in only the best circumstances.
0: Kevin Garnett and Brad Stevens would be probably the funniest coaching pair of all time.
1: I'd, can't, I would pay thousands of dollars just to watch them in a room together for, an, like, a half hour.
0: <laughs> what would they talk about?
1: They'd have to talk about basketball, but I'd like to imagine that, like, you give them, like, a game of checkers or a game of chess or something, and then Kevin Garnett just screaming obscenities <laughs> about, at Brad Stevens over a game of
0: checkers. while Brad, like, silently beats him. yeah. And- or, no,
1: Brad, Brad's competitive, but he was just going to say, that's that's not necessary, Kevin.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he, like, gives him the Lee Trevino head shake from, from uh, Billy Madison. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I really hope Kevin Garnett finds a team to play for. That dude. To play for? Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Dude, he's done. He's a corpse. I,
0: I want, but I,
1: Okay. You want him to go to China and like dominate, you know, like we can, he can be on a um, Maccabee, Tel Aviv, whatever next season. But,
0: but no, if if so, if he's on an NBA bench, if he's an assistant coach, he, guys aren't going to be allowed to interview him. I, I need Kevin Garnett in a place where he can get interviewed. I, I guess, I guess, him being on the bench would be enough. I, I, seeing the vines and hearing players talk about Coach Kevin Garnett, I guess that would be enough, or not, not enough, but. It would whet the Kevin Garnett appetite at least a little bit. You wouldn't be very – like it's It's kind of – the NBA will never be the same without Kevin Garnett. That guy – there are more Kevin Garnett stories in the NBA than maybe stories about any other guy. He is just an absolute lunatic.
1: What about him joining the, uh, the, ca- the TNT cast? Him, Shaq, Charles. Ooh. I think you would have to do like some sort of extra cable thing because he would swear too much, but uh it'd be great to get his opinions on just like every other team in the league and just for him to be public about it. But like you said before, he's not, not the most public guy, so maybe that's just wishful thinking.
0: Although that he would be he would be unbelievable in that setting with with those guys like like just busting Charles's balls and I, I would I would pay to see him and Craig Sager like like just chatting with each other. Like a show with him and Craig Sager.
1: I think Kevin Garnett needs a podcast.
0: Oh, my God.
1: J.J. Redick has one, and it means I, Kevin Garnett could easily have a podcast.
0: And it, he'll, he'll just start screaming at people?
1: There could be a whole television series that saw Kevin Garnett yells at people, and I would watch. It doesn't even have to be basketball. He could just be on a park bench, just yelling at passersby, and I think it would be entertaining.
0: That might be the best... TV show <laughs> that they're like Kevin Garnett just yelling at random people on the side of the road.
1: Would you pay to have Kevin Garnett yell at you for five minutes? Because I think I would.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I, no. I, I would pay to have him yell at somebody else in my presence. Oh, but you see, I think it would be a good test of
1: your psyche if you could withstand five minutes of KG.
0: Uh, see, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to have my my psyche tested by KG. I, I'm not. I'm too fragile for that. You're not ready I, to be broken? I, I think he would. I'd be like Patrick <laughs> O'Brien, man. I'd be running for cover the second he came after me.
1: It'd be interesting. I think it'd be, no matter what he does, it's going to be interesting because he's that like passionate of a guy and that intense of a guy that whatever he funnels his energy into, it's, it's going to be something that people are going to want to watch. So I agree with you uh, while I'm... Not as sad to see him be done playing basketball. I still want him to be around just because he's goddamn entertaining.
0: He's he's the most entertaining man there is. I I would literally I would watch a show about him doing anything. Like like literally, I would watch him sitting on the beach for an hour, and he would probably be like screaming at crabs and stuff <laughs> in, in the ocean, like. I don't even know what he'd be doing, it, like trying to chase down seagulls, throw skipping rocks, and getting mad when he when they don't skip enough times.
1: Did you have any um personal at everyone when you were? I know you started covering the seas full time in his in his last season. Do you have any like personal interactions with him, or was it still like kind of intimidation when you when you saw him in the locker room?
0: So, I I really didn't cover the team much, and he didn't speak before the games. I will say this. The, the one piece of advice I got before the first game I covered, it wasn't where I was supposed to go. It wasn't anything else. I had never covered – the first time I covered a Celtics game, I had never even covered a high school sporting event. I had never covered lacrosse, soccer, whatever. I had never covered anything. And – I went to... I forget who the Celtics played. And KG didn't even play that night. But the one piece of advice was do not speak to Kevin Garnett before a game. That was it. Like, like don't even think about it. Do not consider talking to that man when he is getting worked up into a lather for his basketball game. Just don't... That was it. And... So so that night, he didn't even end up playing, I think. I want to say they played like the Mavericks. This was like 2010, 2011. I didn't cover the team full-time at all. It was just like one random time. And he walked through the locker room before game. And he wasn't even playing that night. He was hurt. It didn't matter. Nobody talked to him. Not a teammate. Not a reporter. And it was like as soon as he walked in, the whole room hushed. And that was it. He walked through, and it was like this – This, the power was, like, rushed into the room, but the sound rushed out. It was like – it was mesmerizing. And that's why I say I could watch Kevin Garnett do anything because even just watching him walk into that room and the impact he had on a room when he literally didn't say anything. I don't, I'm not even sure he looked at anyone. And the whole place just went silent and everything ceased for for 10 minutes everything just stopped there was there was a pause in the td garden and that was it
1: time slowed down and you had to just reconsider just like your own life it, it just put everything into perspective
0: yeah <laughs> yeah man the kevin garnett stories
1: it sounds like a life changing event
0: basically i mean i yeah it was it was astounding to see what a room was like when he walked into it compared to when he was not there it was two entirely different universes he was just kevin garnett man that that dude the, the, he has the most presence of anyone i've ever encountered and by presence i mean you just knew he was in the room and you knew that he was the most powerful person in the room He didn't have to do anything. It was just he was there, and everyone else was a peasant compared to him. That was like he was the king, and everyone else was going to do what he wanted them to do because that was it. Like that, you had no other choice.
1: Now, how do you think that worked with uh with Pierce though? Because that still was like Pierce's team. Um, and Pierce is like a similar alpha dog. He's not as intense, but. They were, everyone just kind of let Kevin be Kevin because they knew it was better for the team.
0: You kind of just—I mean, you have no—you ch- have no choice. KG's not changing. <laughs> Pierce, was, Pierce wasn't really changing either, but but Pierce, I think, had to get lifted up to KG's level. Like KG had this this intensity about him. I heard a story—I forget who it was from—about one of the first practices in the Kevin Garnett Big Three era and they did I want to say they did suicides or a wind sprints, some, some sort of sprinting thing and from from, from the story, I, I don't know whether I read this, I don't know whether it was told to me, I, I forget how I, I came across this story but Pierce finished up and he was like middle of the pack and when he was done KG lit into him like that's not Cutting it anymore. You won't do that shit with me here. Yada 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 just tore him apart. And that, that was like one of the first practices, one of the first sprinting competitions they did. And that, that that's the type of crap that sets a tone, man. If if you have a guy that good who's yelling at somebody else who's that good. Then nobody's slacking in that locker room. I'll tell you that much.
1: Is it any surprise that uh, Rajon Rondo's ability as a player drast- uh, took a drastic downturn as soon as KG left town?
0: Ron- I will always enjoy the Rondo KG like fist bump when uh, KG came back with the Nets. And what what do you call Rondo? Shorty. <laughs> Shorty. <laughs> he called him Shorty. That 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 always cracked me up too. Like. Yeah, I, I always got a lot of love for Shorty, man. I always got a lot of love for Shorty. <laughs> uh, Shorty, Shorty. Kevin Garnett just just one of a kind, man. Are there any other Kevin Garnett stories we're forgetting? There are probably millions that we're forgetting.
1: The one the one I can um I just read which we haven't talked about yet is the uh one time Doc said Garnett couldn't practice that day um, cuz he was hurt and So he just mimicked Leon Poe for the entire practice. Like every single move Leon Poe did, Kevin Garnett did. (laughs) (laughs) Which is absolutely insane. Like just just because he needed to practice. And eventually I think Doc just had to kick the teams out of the gym. Just like he just like had to end practice because KG was just like too distracting. Imagine trying to – if you're Leon Poe and like trying to do a normal practice and you're just – some guy on the next court is mimicking your every single move.
0: <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> it's KG, man. It's just insanity is him and he is insanity. That dude is just out of his mind. Okay. What if uh no, that's not good. Uh, if okay, yeah, let, let's do this one. If he was on the Spurs Instead of Duncan, how many championships do the Spurs win?
1: That's a oh, good yeah. question. These um, chicken and sweets
0: are so creamy, Mrs. S. I, I have no reason so to say creamy, they would win any creamy, less. Creamy. Do you think
1: him and Popovich would be able to get along? I feel like Spurs is all about kind of this culture of everyone is kind of part of the team and fitted in and uh, kind of not about themselves. And I'm not saying KG wasn't those things, but it feels like Tim Duncan, Popovich were kind of the two perfect personalities in which everyone kind of takes a back seat, and there's no in, like there's no intensity, no like silly bickering. It doesn't I don't know if KG would necessarily fit in in terms of talent. I see no reason why they would lose any less games. I, you could argue, even argue that they would that KG would have uh, not missed that bunny against the Heat, and they would have won six championships.
0: Ooh, ooh, going to the bunny.
1: <laughs> uh, KG definitely yeah. wouldn't have let Ray Allen well I guess in this alternate history KG and Ray Allen wouldn't have been have a broken relationship I don't know it's it's a difficult hypothetical how many do you think?
0: I think I, he and Popovich would have not gotten along I, I think but you know who knows there was never really a coach who didn't get along with, with Kevin Garnett was there? I don't think so
1: Um, there's no one, no one that I can think of but yeah. again he's just like are you going to, if you're the coach of a team, are you going to try and get, or are you going to be on KG's bad side?
0: Hell no. I'm not getting on the bad side of anyone who plays that hard. I don't care how crazy they are. Reggie Evans, Kevin Garnett, anybody else as crazy as those guys are, if you play that hard, you can play on my team, man. That, that's, and, and share the ball and try to do everything right. And you know, Kevin Garnett knew, knew basketball angles better than, than anybody. Defensively, he was stupidly good from the time he was in Minnesota to until, until the injury against Utah during the 2008-2009 the season. He was – I mean, that dude just – his defense existed on another planet. He could guard five guys. He could stay in front of point guards. He was long enough. He, he – He was just, to watch him play defense was stunning because he almost never made a mistake. And even if he did, he was athletic enough, long enough, where it didn't really matter. He was so, almost the perfect defender. Maybe he could have been a little stronger, but but that's about it. Every other aspect of defense, the length, the mobility, the intensity, the communication... He was the perfect defender. I don't think we'll ever see a more perfect defender than Kevin Garnett. I, I really believe that and and obviously I wasn't I didn't see Bill Russell. Tim Duncan is close, but to me, Kevin Garnett's the best defender and, and the most advanced defender I've ever seen there, there wasn't anybody to me who could could have that much versatility and that much knowledge. And that much ability.
1: Did he ever win defensive player of the year? Just the year with the Celtics,
0: I think. That was that was his lone defensive player of the year, which is crazy. Like if 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 they went back and judged defensive player of the year like they do now, because back then it was all oh who has the most blocks basically or who has the most steals. Now it's who impacts the team the most. And I, I think if if you if he went back and and judged it back then it would it would have been he he would have had more defensive player of the year awards and i don't know how many
1: he won i just counted up he won not or he was all team all defense first team nine times but i don't know how it doesn't say how many times he won the uh, actual award
0: I, I think that was his his time was his first year in boston 2007 2008
1: that makes sense there was another there was a uh, he was all nba three times four times well wow, i'm just looking at his it, just the awards he won he's he's incredible just his his run was absolutely phenomenal and starting yeah. at 18 years old coming in is just like he was like the he basically broke the nba with his contract extension and just like him being he's one of the most transcendent players if you if you think back on it
0: yeah i mean that's why I, I think he doesn't get enough credit because Kobe, Kobe won his five, and Duncan. What did Duncan win? Six, five or five. six? Yeah. So, and then KG just won one, and that's why he'll never get the credit. And also because Kobe was like just a, a different type of personality where where everyone kind of gravitated toward him. But but Kevin Garnett to me especially during his prime, that dude was outrageously good. That, that post movie had where he would set his feet and he wouldn't pivot either way and he would shimmy, shimmy one way, shimmy the other, and then fade into the, the fadeaway that, that was untouchable way over his head. Nobody stopped that. There wasn't a single person who stopped that. He was outrageously good so good Kevin Garnett man one of a kind a tr- a tr- a true like there will never be anyone close to him because if you're that crazy you better be as good as he is or close to it because <laughs> being that crazy and not being that good imagine if like like let's just say Evan Turner was that crazy like just just a, a guy who's Pretty average player. Imagine if he was that crazy. How, how coaches and teammates would look at him, I'm like shut the hell up. But KG I, man, he. Got I think away
1: the, with the reason that's the reason he was allowed to be that crazy is because like people recognized like, hey, if he's going to be this good at basketball, we're going to have to let him do whatever the hell he wants. <laughs> and if he's going to crawl and bark at Jared Bayless on the ground, like. And that's KG. He just like he's the captain of our defense. He's the captain of everything. It's just it's how it works. If you're that if you're that talented, you can pretty much do whatever you want.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you can. And man, he was good. One of the best to ever do it. One of the best to ever lace him up. And this might be it. That might be the end for Kevin Garnett's career. Thank you for reminiscing with us. We appreciate it. We will, we will still bring the position breakdown, the last position, big men, breakdown at some point. Probably, probably it will be available Friday morning for your commute. But we had, to, we had to discuss Kevin Garnett. We had to discuss his career. It's a sad night. It's a celebration, night to celebrate. It is a night to reminisce. And it is most definitely a night to do knuckle push-ups. Sit down before, before you go to bed. First of all, subscribe to the Locked On Celtics podcast with the Rain and Jays. Search for it wherever you get your podcasts. And then get down on the floor. Get your knuckles out. Do at least 10 knuckle push-ups in honor of Kevin Garnett. One of the best to ever do it. The most unique man I've ever encountered in a basketball locker room a guy that people will be telling stories about until basketball is long forgotten.
1: Support for this podcast comes from NetSuite. NetSuite lets you see what's going on with your business in real time, from accounting to order management and much more. You've outgrown your business management software. Let NetSuite help. Go to netsuite.com podcast to get your free guide and find out why NetSuite is a leading business management solution for growing companies. Get up and running fast with NetSuite.